Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the overlap. We're talking about, of course, the rest of the quarterfinals and kind of someone beyond. But Croatia, Brazil, as I was saying before the break, Netherlands, Argentina, Morocco, Portugal, and England, France make up the last four games before basically the final major three. And these are, in my opinion, Rian, like very, very high quality and very good quarterfinals. I'm very excited for these. We're going to start with the basically we're going to go chronologically so we're going to start with the games on friday croatia and brazil i feel like in some ways this is this is probably the most obvious in terms of who's the favorite i don't know how much maybe morocco portugal plays into that but in terms of being the favorite brazil very much clearly the favorites to go on and win the whole thing if you look at whether it's betting circles if you look at um, gosh, like Opta and stats and everything. They have like a 33% chance of winning the whole tournament. But of course, that's not how knockout football works. So let's start with Croatia, Brazil, <laughs> Croatia beating Japan, uh, of course, just heartbreakingly on penalties, Brazil, absolutely having their way with South Korea with South Korea scoring a wonderful goal though, uh, in the round of 16 to walk away with something. And, Let's maybe focus on Croatia and their chances in this game because not a lot of people are giving them any chance. I think a large part of that falls into the fact that they've switched number nines maybe like five jillion times in this entire tournament. Uh, you've seen Perisic play the role of everybody essentially in this in this Croatian side. <laughs> and really the core of their team comes down to that midfield trio with Gavardiol as I've I apparently just started pronouncing his name. I don't know if that's correct or not, quite honestly, uh, being the lifeline that will hopefully slash likely have to bail them out against Brazil. So, Rian, starting with Croatia, do you give them a chance against Brazil? Do you think that there is a way forward for them to make the semifinals um, again it, for the second time, I guess, in four years? Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I think part of the other reason why people are... <laughs> are very much pipping uh, Brazil to win this game is because of the performance we saw against South Korea, which was just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, the goals scored in that were unbelievable. Like the probably the, the best first half we've probably seen from a team so far in this uh, in this tournament. Um, man, the, like obviously the return of Neymar was helpful, but. My God, that was just really scary to watch, and and also awesome to watch that performance against uh, South Korea. I think <sighs> Croatia didn't play well against Japan. <laughs> like ultimately, Japan was quite good um, in that first half, basically leading up to just an unbelievable header from Perisic <laughs> to to equalize in the game, and then you saw in the second half that. Similarly for Croatia, um, similar to the conversation we had about the U.S.'s midfield, you know they need Brozovic, Kovacic, and Modric to play like <laughs> almost ninety minutes each for them to have a chance in these games, and uh, they are much older than the U.S.'s midfield, so the likelihood of that being sustainable is even lower than what we saw for the U.S. Right? Obviously, they have a lot more quality, but. Um, I think in this game against Brazil, it's, it's that's going to be the important battle for them to win, and, and obviously it's the it's the most likely battle that they can win. Um, 
I just expect this game to be turned about as ugly as possible, as quickly as possible for Croatia, because that's the best <laughs> chance of, of coming out of this, right? That's super fair. I, so when when you say as ugly as possible, as quickly as possible, do you mean like literally physically or do you mean coming out of the blocks and being extremely, extremely aggressive in the press or like, do you mean basically? Oh, no, 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 no press. Okay. No no press will be happening. Got it. (laughs) I don't expect pressing to happen at all. This one. That's what I figured. You you mean 37 year old Luka Modric is not made for that anymore? (laughs) Yeah, that's super fair. (laughs) Super fair. I, I wanted to make sure I understood that because I don't think any press will work very well. You're just asking Brazil to open up space in every part of the field. What do you think then, I guess, is the the question. Um, what, what can Brazil... I expect them to break the game up the, from Croatia's oh, yeah. side. I expect, them, I expect a lot of little fouls, a lot of like just trying to slow the game and make it as disjointed as possible. Um I think we saw against South Korea that that game flowed, just had a really nice flow to it, and that's where Brazil are at their best when they're when they're able to, like you said, get into space. Um, and there was a lot of space against Korea, so um, it, it that's going to be the main, I think, objective for Croatia. But I think that at the end of the day, the things that we've learned from this from this tournament, especially from the United States games, is that the quality in the final third, especially in tournament or knockout football, is still king. So, And and Brazil's got a great center-backs as well. Yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed the play of Mar- Marquinhos, who's played as a right-back, but actually, like, when, they, when they're in possession, they're almost playing three center-backs with him, Thiago Silva, who had a Unbelievable assist um, for Charles's goal, and then and um, I didn't. Re- I don't think Marquinhos. either of us realized it was Thiago Silva making that uh, through ball. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I I don't know quite honestly if there's much more to say about Croatia Brazil. I think it's just absolutely hysterical that they can go from playing their their B team that they played against Cameroon basically like Anthony <laughs> Gabriel Martinelli and was, I guess Gabriel Jesus maybe played Jesus. in that game. Um, yeah, that was yeah. His, yeah, that was his last game. It, like that's that's a Premier League starting like starting front three. <laughs> I don't really yes. know how else to, yes. <laughs> to to sugarcoat it. And you also have Rodrigo. I mean, that's mm-hmm. scary, man. That really is scary. I, I I think we clearly take Brazil to make the semifinals. Um, I want to move on to talk about Netherlands Argentina because that in some ways actually relates to Brazil Croatia cuz if we do not get a Brazil Argentina semifinal a super classico uh the the world is a cruel place which God, it is so, so we might I get it I know I know <laughs> it might it might be very sad but yeah Rian, to move on to Netherlands Argentina it, it truly like a classic matchup from the 2014 semifinal to I believe it was the 1998 World Cup yeah. with Dennis Bergkamp um this is a truly, truly oh yeah that Burkhardt goal. Yep this is this is a truly wonderful tie. So a lot of people I think going into this are saying this is pretty fifty fifty. Netherlands have not played their best football. Argentina maybe did not play their best football outside of that game against Poland. Certainly against Australia, they made it a little too nervy towards the the end, the last fifteen minutes or so. 
what is what is your thought process going into this game thinking about both of these teams because Virgil van Dyke got asked in a press conference before I think it actually was today like you you're actually playing the best team that you face in this tournament on Friday being Argentina obviously that's a bit of a dig at the US and and whatever but I thought van Dyke's response was pretty interesting he was like I think that's pretty disrespectful to everybody we've played, but we're also playing Messi and he's the greatest of all time. So like, I get where you're coming from, but what is your take on this tie and how are you thinking about both these teams' chances? Yeah, I thought that Argentina should have scored more against against uh, Australia. I think some people have a reason to, to be angry at Lautaro Martinez for not finishing any of the... Very good chances that he had. You mean <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain? <laughs> yes, incarnate. Yeah, reincarnated. <laughs> um, someone's got to take the role. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think I still feel very bullish about Argentina, especially with the inclusion now of Enzo Fernandez. That team is just—they play much better with him in the lineup, and they have since he's um, entered it in the last few games. I think from the Dutch side. Maybe we'll see something similar to how they set up. I, I, I doubt we'll see some. Actually, I doubt we'll see something similar to how they set up against the U.S. because Argentina's most um, uh, dangerous parts of their team is not in their fullbacks or their wide players. It's 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 through the middle for sure. So we know that they'll be able to come up with a good game plan to to try to stop Argentina. It's it's really about how are they going to get the ball inside to to Messi, to Enzo Fernandez, um, to if we see Julian Alvarez play again, to um, to him. So it'll be um, really difficult for Argentina. I think it's going to be a very tight game unless Argentina score very early and then things could, things could change quickly. But I expect to see um, Martin Darun start again honestly, for, for the Netherlands. I expect to see a very, very similar lineup to what we saw the Netherlands play against um, the U.S. I do, too. I do expect a different game plan, though. And this is I'll go back to what I was saying in the first half <clears throat> about if the Netherlands play this way against Argentina, I think they're really, really in trouble. What I mean by that is Argentina play really well when they are basically not having to open up teams, right? Like against Australia, it was one of the most boring games I think I've ever watched. It was painful, but that was very intentional. It was very intentional by Scaloni to draw them out, make sure the spaces open up just naturally by unforced errors and allow some combination of Messi, Julian Alvarez, um, or a running in midfielder to make the difference. And that's exactly what happened. That's literally what happened on both of those goals. But I think against the Netherlands, they're a team that will, A, have to come out more because it's a quarterfinal, and B, they do counterattack, right? That's been a large portion of their their style this entire tournament, and probably for the better part of the last year and a half, maybe. So I I... I think that if the Netherlands do that, they're going to leave a lot of spaces open for, especially if Di Maria starts out on that wing on the right-hand side, they're going to leave a lot of space open for Marcus Acuna against Dumfries, which I think could be a very interesting battle. Not physically, because I think Acuna does not necessarily stand the tail 
uh, I guess the test of time. Is that the right phrase? Something like that. Um, <laughs> but I think tactically, this is a very interesting battle because I don't know how the Netherlands are going to approach this game. Um, I don't think that Argentina are like the overt favorites as much as everyone makes them out to be. I think that this is going to be a very, very low scoring game unless someone scores early. To your point, if someone scores in the first 15 minutes, I think you're seeing a pretty frantic game um, almost all the way through. So I I think it's genuinely, I think it's 50-50. I think Argentina are the better side, almost purely because of Messi. But the Netherlands equally have, a, I think, a wonderful chance of going through. So it's it's hard to predict. Yeah. Um, I... I, I... I think Argentina ends up making it out of this, but I think it's like a one nil potentially. And um, yeah. like I said, from the Dutch side, I, I, I think they're gonna, f- I think they're gonna try to force Argentina out wide and just say, "Hey, Talia Fico or Acuna, <laughs> show me something. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna yeah. do? Dance <laughs> um, with me." <laughs> so yeah, so I think I think it'll be a really difficult game for Argentina, um, but I think they'll just squeeze through. At the same time. I don't think either of us would be surprised if the Netherlands win this game. So I would be sad, but I would not be surprised. So yes, yeah. uh, I think that's fair. Well, Rian, the miracle, te- not miracle team. Let me rephrase that. They deserve a lot more credit than being called a miracle team. Portugal. No, I'm kidding. Morocco making <laughs> the quarterfinals of the world cup. The first Arab country ever, I believe. And the first African country since, I guess it was 2010 um, that an African country made the quarterfinals of the World Cup. I think it was Ghana, I believe, at that point, which obviously we know how that yeah. went um, <laughs> in in <laughs> that World Cup. So, Rian, Morocco have been nothing short of really impressive in this tournament. I mean, really impressive. I think they've been incredible in their press. I think they've defended really, really strongly. I think, was it... Uh, Arabats that played in midfield for yeah. from Morocco was Amrabat, absolutely yeah. everywhere. Amrabat, excuse me, uh, in a wonderful, wonderful four-one-four-one um, just structure that has served them really, really, really well. Obviously, we can talk about all the stories and narratives about each you know player that has come out of the last day or two, especially after they've defeated Spain on penalties. But I just briefly like want to talk about the Spain-Morocco game because Spain deserved, I think... I, I use deserve very loosely because you know how I feel about that word, but mm-hmm. Spain did not do enough to go through, in my opinion. Like, Rodri came out uh, after that game and started talking about how, oh, you know, we made a bunch of passes and you know moved the ball really well, and I'm like, yeah, great! You didn't create enough chances. You didn't create <laughs> and do enough in the attacking phase of, of the game. And I think a large part of that had to do with Spain's positional play. Like I was bewildered by the fact that Spain didn't use their depth. I thought Morata came on too late. I thought no one made vertical runs in behind when center backs from Morocco being were being dragged, dragged out, right? But they did really well against Costa Rica. And it, it, it just felt like, oh, okay, we'll get one, we'll get one, we'll get one. And maybe we're having a different conversation if Sarabia's ball in the 120th minute doesn't go off the post. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I don't think we are. I think we're having the same conversation just saying Spain might get smacked by Portugal in the quarterfinals. But 
we're not having that conversation. Morocco are through. Spain were horrendous on penalties. I don't care how many thousand penalties Luis Enrique told this team to take before the World Cup, but Spain <laughs> were awful, awful with penalties. And rightfully, they are no longer in this tournament. And Morocco are through. And um, Hakimi has ice in his veins, my friend. That's all. I had to say something about that uh, oh, round yeah. of 16 matchup. Because you there's got, something really... You got a, if you get a chance... Sorry, I was going to say, if you get a chance, um, go on to Fox's, like, their call of the day. It's Ian Dark. His call, like, as Hakimi is walking up to the uh, penalty spot, talking about, like, his how his parents both um, obviously were, like, workers in, in Spain. And, and it's, like, really, really great build-up to right before he takes the shot. Um, but anyway, yes. Uh, like like you were saying, like it's... it's Huge, huge upset, obviously, but um, man, you just always felt like this was a possibility for that Spain team, right? <laughs> like it, we're not surprised in terms of how that how their World Cup ended. No, we're really not, and that's kind of the sad part. Um, I I'm not surprised by how this this went with Spain. Obviously, Luis Enrique, the chances that he stays on a Spain manager are very low at this point. Both, I think, by mutual understanding by the the Spanish FA and him, himself, but. I think there is a structural and deeper conversation to be had about Spain. I don't want to have it now, but I think there is something about player development to be said there in the style that they play and have played for a very long time. That might actually be maybe a net negative over a net positive, but we'll, we'll talk about that another day, Rian. Morocco-Portugal is the quarterfinal. Portugal basically had their way with Switzerland, which I did not expect. I expected them to win. And I expected once I saw, I think once we both saw Ronaldo was not starting this game for Portugal to play much more progressively free flowing football as they sort of have when he hasn't been on the field, but I don't think we expected six <laughs> to go past Switzerland. Like Jan Sommer is a great goalkeeper and Switzerland is a decent team, but this was, this was different, man. This, this just felt the like Charles Ramos no coming out party. Yeah, literally. This is well, like, so it really the first starts with that first goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. walk us through it. Walk us through your your reactions to to this game. Yeah, I mean, it, they they needed to for Portugal. It feels like they always need to score the first goal. I mean, especially when Ronaldo's out there slowing things down. But it was a great. Like that, that first goal is unbelievable. That strike is ridiculous. And then he follows it up with two very different, very impressive finishes for to finish off his hat trick. Um, man, uh, look, uh, another, another example uh, for, for thinking of Jao Felix here, another example of situation matters so much, right? And he even, he even said it himself, right? He said That's exactly different. what I was gonna say. He he said it as well. <laughs> it's just a better situation for him. He gets to play actually with the ball, and and I'm sure it's even easier for him um, when Ronaldo's not out there, and and he's allowed that freedom um, to drop and play some really nice progressive passes that we saw in that game. Bruno Fernandez has more freedom as well. I think the team just kind of flows better, and honestly, I really like the. I really like Jao Cancelo, like as a player himself, but I, I really like that choice of Dallo playing right back because he's just better defensively. I think they could 
play Jao Cancelo at left back where he's played for City for the most part and they would get it would be even better um but Rafael Guerrero is a great a great left back as well so it, this team feels very well balanced I mean Pepe is still thundering home headers like this is this team is is funny in a lot of ways but there is so much quality and depth in that team with the players that they're able to bring on you know Rafael Leal and look Ronaldo as a sub is very very good depth too there's no one I think really saying that they're like having Ronaldo as part of your team is necessarily a overly bad thing but having him as the core building around him is certainly an overly bad thing at this point in his career and that's i think that's okay to say i feel like we all sort of shy away from saying that but like it's okay to acknowledge that he is 37 and at the tail end of his career as a mainstay in european football what i think is interesting for portugal as it relates to this world cup is you're playing against a team in morocco who have been so defensively solid this tournament we saw it against belgium we obviously saw it against spain that now i don't think portugal are gonna have the amount of freedom that they had against switzerland because switzerland are almost equally as progressive as portugal are they weren't allowed to be because of the amount of turnovers and just how suffocated that midfield was but against morocco i'm very curious how they how they do when they come up against the counter press and or, or how do they counter press and how do they actually weather the potential storm of not having the ball for you know let's say two minutes right like uh 120 seconds is a long time of having to chase the ball we didn't really see too much of that or at least it didn't feel that way maybe against switzerland now against morocco i think they're gonna have more trouble i'm not saying that i think morocco are gonna make the semifinal. i don't but i do think this is going to be a significantly more difficult test than Switzerland was. And with that being said, I mean, I think this is probably the most difficult game that Portugal is going to have. Obviously uh, not including the semifinals or anything potentially afterwards they might have, but so far in this tournament, they, they had trouble against Ghana. They had no trouble against basically anyone else. Uh, I guess Korea, they, they did, but that was sort of a shoe in um, getting out of the group at that point. So I, I think you could really see Portugal have problems against Morocco. I still think Portugal to go through though. I'm feeling like three, one, I think they go through. Yeah. I, I, I think they get through as well. I, I, I just really like the balance of this team right now. And, um, and I th- think that they have the tools to, to unlock a, a team that sits back against them. So, um, Feeling good about them. Elias, we're running out of time here, but the last game needs almost no introduction. England, <laughs> France. It's, it's, it's probably the most anticipated game of this weekend. Um, these are arguably the two, two of the three best teams, two of the four best teams at worst in the world right now. So, um, like the only thing I, I'm going to like throw in with this is that the, I'm really looking forward to the matchup once again of Kyle Walker versus uh, Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. And then yeah. best of luck to Luke Shaw if he's playing on the left. <laughs> if he's playing, if they're playing a back four and he's, he's up against uh, Usman Dembele. I expect England to play a back three, honestly. But Interesting. Um, okay. Look, 
I yeah, that's that's it's just what they've done in the past against teams that are like as talented as them, at least. Um, so I that's what I expect. I'll be. I'll be surprised if they don't play back three, honestly. But um, I don't think we need to say. I don't think there's a lot that needs to be said <laughs> to go with this. Everyone knows every player on each of these teams, so it's, yeah, it should yeah. be the, the highlight of the weekend. This is going to be an incredible matchup. I, I honestly, I I expect France to go through, but I don't think like England should look at that as a failure. That's the only thing that I would say. Like going exactly. out against France, although it's at the quarterfinals and maybe not the semifinals where you went out in the last tournament. I think that purely comes down to almost chance like you're going you're going out okay one game earlier against equally as strong a much better opponent yes i mean not even equally (laughs) thank you yes like much better than croatia in 2018 correct and again they may not even go out they might beat france somehow and drag them out but i i think this french team is so so strong in every phase of play that it's hard to see them it's hard to see them going out unless one player from England has to be Harry Kane I guess or Jude Bellingham maybe produces a, a moment or two of magic that changes the course of history so i think we probably are seeing Rihanna, i think we all kind of agree a brazil argentina semifinal and then a portugal france semifinal on the other side of the bracket um is it even worth asking you who you think is going to go on and actually win it. I know who you have money on, so I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> what is, who, who do you think maybe makes the final knowing what the quarterfinals are right now? Yes. I'm going to say this right now. I would not be surprised if we get a Brazil, Portugal fall final. <sighs> okay. Okay. Right. You know, obviously the favorite, obviously the, the, if we're, if we're simulating this 10,000 times, the most likely <laughs> final is probably Brazil-France, right? But that is not how this thing works. <laughs> no, not even not even remotely close. Um, I don't know who's going to... I have no idea who we're going to see in the final. I, I really think all of this is 50-50. Here's what I'll say. I think Argentina losing early was really good for them. It broke their unbeaten streak stuff and got that out of the way. I think Portugal look unbelievably strong, Brazil look unbelievably strong, and France look unbelievably strong. I think if we get to an Argentina-Brazil semifinal, Brazil are going to be out for blood for that Copa America. I think it's going to be really hard to bet against them. And then I think Argentina are going to go through because the sport makes no sense. And hopefully, knock on wood, God willing, they make the final and win. On the other side, I absolutely think that we could be looking at an Argentina-Portugal final. That's my that's my only change. I think there is a chance Portugal make the final, and we see the completion of football once again in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, and we get a final answer on on all of that. Uh, but whew, that would be something. Uh, all I'll say is that if we get Argentina Portugal, it'll it'll be like the the scene from um from the last Harry Potter movie when when Harry like, grabs. <laughs> Voldemort, and they and they jumped out. He's like, yeah, um, together. That's how we started this. Together. <laughs> that's ex- that's exactly what's gonna happen. Oh my god! And what a sight it would be. What a sight it would be. Um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Um, I'm just very excited to honestly like 
watch the rest of this tournament. It's we talked a lot about the World Cup and whatnot, but uh, it's nice to see very good football on display. It it really is. So I'm just gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna try yeah. and enjoy it as much as possible before the holidays. And um and yeah, we'll talk to you guys in a couple days. Obviously, after the quarterfinals, after the semifinals, and. Pff, after whatever the World Cup final holds. So thank you guys as always for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.